Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Kona Shame Show. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke, and I have a great episode for you today. Before we talk about it, let me go ahead and remind you guys, we're giving away $100 a week, free and clear, to people who are in vet medicine. You got to be in practice. Head over to DrAndyWork.com. All you have to do is sign up for the DrAndyWork.com newsletter, and you're in. You're entered. That's it. Uh, every week, we pull a winner, and we send them 100 bucks. And we have, we've hit all vet tech so far. So uh, you can look at that two different ways. You could be like, I'm a vet tech. That means I could win, which is true. Or you could be like, I'm not a vet tech, which means, which means it's my, it's my turn. It's my chance now because they've been winning and now it's time for somebody else. And that may also be true. So head on over either way, drandywork.com. You can register for the uh, newsletter at the bottom of the page, or it's the little box that pops up and that's it. We send you great stuff every week. It's all the articles. It's the podcast. It's fun stuff in vet medicine. It's not spammy. It's not salesy. It's not anything like that. We just want to make sure that we get the word out and that uh, we want to be able to reach people and share cool stuff with them. And also, we just like to support the vet professionals out there and do something nice for them. And the notes we've gotten for doing this, honestly, have been amazing. They are so wonderful. I love doing this. I want to keep doing it. So, DrAndyWork.com, get signed up for the newsletter. With that, let's talk a little bit about this episode. Guys, we have a friend of mine today. This is a, this is a basic episode. It's a straight-up uh, review episode. This is your straight, clean a canine euthanasia appointment, and we run through it with a good friend of mine, Dr. Amanda Doran. Dr. Doran is a certified uh, hospice and palliative care veterinarian in Duluth, Minnesota. She's worked in the veterinary field for nearly 20 years. She's held every position from kennel assistant all the way up to veterinarian. Her articles are featured on drandywork.com. She's uh, she's going to be at Uncharted in April. Uh, she's going to be hanging out with us there. It's her first time at Uncharted, and she is thrilled as she should be. It is going to be an incredible conference. I'd love to see some of you guys there. Her medical interests center on end-of-life care, animal welfare, effective client communication, personal resilience for veterinary professionals, and the human-animal bond. Dr. Doran shares her home with her partner in crime, two goofy uh, husky shepherds, and a crabby old peach tabby cat. She also slings tarot cards for fun. Dr. Doran is a fun, colorful person who I enjoy talking to, and I hope you're going to enjoy her as much as I do. Gang, this is an essential episode. It's one of the basics. We got to get it right, and it's so good to have a, an upbeat reminder and a walkthrough just to uh, just to recenter our thoughts on this topic. Gang, let's get into it. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Hey, everybody. I am here with my friend, Dr. Amanda Doran. She is a palliative care veterinarian. She does many things in the field of hospice and palliative care, and she is wonderful. And so I thought we would do a quick, how do you treat that review session? It's actually... The first time we've we've really done this, but I think it's going to be a, a I think it's useful. I think this is some muscles that everybody needs to make sure they keep loose and limber. And I think we probably have a lot of people who would love a quick, uh, just a quick refresher course on euthanasia. And so we have got, and how do you treat that? We have got your standard run of the mill, as much as that can exist, 
um, euthanasia appointment. And it sounds bad to say that, but um, it is your 16-year-old Labrador retriever, and it is time, and he has got many ailments, and he's not eating really anymore, and it is it is time, and the pet owner knows that it's time, and you know it's time. Dr. Doran, how do you how do you treat that? Yeah, and so I think once when we're all on the same page and we're ready to take that next step, like if we're so I do my work in people's homes where I know many of us still do say goodbye in the clinic. So usually kind of first thing we do is kind of set up the environment, kind of think about what kind of energy we want to bring to the space. Cause I think it really is kind of a, a bridge between worlds in a way, yep. like this, a sacred act that we do. Um, so usually the first thing we like to do is get the business side of things out of the way first. So do your paperwork, get your payment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there was a right way to do everything forward, everybody would do the same thing. And what I personally like to do is I never like to take the animal away. So even when I worked in the clinic, like a lot of times I know people like to bring the cat to the back to put the catheter in. Like I like, I did not like to separate the animal from the people. So I would always start by giving sedation and there's so many different um, cocktails, like different combinations of things that you can use. Um, You can give it IM or you can give it sub Q. Like I would always do that with the owner present. So for this guy, I'd probably give him some xylazine and some butorphanol and some ketamine, a little bit of ACE, um, give it to him sub-Q, give him five, 10 minutes, let his family be as close as they feel comfortable with him, give them a little time alone. If they're in the clinic at home, I tend to kind of get my other things ready when that's happening. Um, and when we're, and usually I do like I make a little clay paw, like as kind of a test to see how well my sedation is working. I know a lot of people will do it after, but I think sometimes it can be more meaningful to kind of be like, this is the last thing we do before they go and send that home with them. And when everybody's ready, then we go ahead and we give the second medicine, which as we know is the one that will stop their heart, depending upon if you use the pink juice, the blue juice, or if you live in Canada, there's a clear juice, which kind of freaked me out when I live there, but uh, we find the best place to give it. So oftentimes we do that in a vein. Um, some people will place an indwelling catheter. Um, when I worked in a clinic, um, usually the technicians would do that ahead of time. When I do um, visits at home, I use a butterfly catheter. I'm by myself and I have gotten really good at that technique. Um, I'll usually give a peripheral vein one try and if that doesn't work um, I feel comfortable um, with my animals under heavy sedation um, moving to intra-organ techniques if needed so um, let's say for some reason our Labrador friend is very dehydrated um, we're having a hard time finding a vein um, if we feel comfortable doing these more advanced procedures in front of the owner like we can really kind of normalize these more kind of seemingly gruesome techniques where it's really not like we're still giving medication into a vein. Uh, We need to do it at a higher dose. So for our Labrador friend, we could potentially give him that medication intrahepatic. Um, I know a veterinarian in California where all he does at his home practice is intracardiac injections. Um, Obviously not something that you would want to do like off the bat, but like he's able to do it in a very um, respectful, discreet way. He feels very comfortable with it. He's done it thousands of times. Like kind of shields the area with a blanket. The animals under heavy, heavy sedation. They're space cruising. They're seeing pink elephants. They're feeling so good. They don't even know the family's right there with them. Um, 
there's all these kind of little things that we can do in the background to kind of make this experience as atraumatic for the family as possible. So giving sedation, when you, it's time to give that um, final medicine, making sure that we're giving it slowly um, so that less likely to have agonal effects and giving people the time they need afterwards. So that's kind of how euthanasia 101 works in my mind. Obviously, like there's no such thing as a routine euthanasia, like there's no such thing as a routine spay, but that's kind of where I start. Sure. That's, that's awesome. Let's, let's unpack this because yeah. that's, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful overview and I love it. Uh, first thing is get the money part out of the way. And I, I completely agree with that. There is, you, oh gosh, you do not. So you, I think you have two options here. You do not want to be talking to this crying person about money five minutes after she's parted ways with her beloved pet. Like no one wants to be in that position. So paperwork up front, go ahead and get the payment. I completely agree. I, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Um, we have a, we have a great established clientele and, and for a lot of our regular clients and think we'll just send them the bill mm -hmm. uh, later on. And, and that has worked just fine for us. Uh, but again, it's, it's, I do not want this person for goodness sakes. I don't want them up at the front desk in the clinic, you know, uh, taking care of paperwork. I, I, I don't, I do not want that. So, you know, at the clinic payment in the room, you know, take your card reader to, if you have to get a little square thing, <laughs> take it, use it. But get the paperwork signed, get them paid out so that they can just leave when they're ready. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. So so I think that that's good. Um, as far as giving sedation, what do you say to them uh, when you're when you're getting ready to to give the sedative? How do you explain that process? How do you put their mind at ease? Do you give them an overview of the whole process before you start? Um, so I kind of give people like, the big aerial view and say, we're going to do the paper, we're going to do the sedation, we're going to do the paw, we're going to say goodbye, I'm going to give you some time, and then we're going to do that. And then I kind of go back and take each step at a time. So right. I talk about the sedation, I say that we're going to give a pain relieving sedative, it's going to take about five to 10 minutes to kick in, depending upon where people's knowledge levels are at, like I may explain more, like people who are nurses or doctors will ask, well, what's in it? And how does it work? And um, these sorts of things. Um, I also will say sometimes it stings a little bit. Um, so just in case, like we do get a little reaction, um, people are less likely to freak out. Um, also like some of the drugs that we use can cause some changes in breathing. So I kind of give people a heads up about that. Um, that as they relax, they could potentially get really relaxed. So we kind of prepare for that along the back end. Um, we could have some muscle twitching. We could have their eyes stay open even after they've passed, just so they kind of know, like, these are the normal things that we see. Um, and it kind of, nor yeah, it normalizes if we do see those things that people aren't like, oh my gosh, like they're suffering. It's like, this is an effect of the sedation. And I think it really, it gives a lot of people time and space to be with their animal in a way that maybe if they're painful, if they've been really sick, they haven't been like to kind of give them a time and space to really like be close to them and spend a little extra time. Yeah. Walk me through the sedation cocktail that, that you like to use, if you don't mind. So we're talking about an old dog. Yeah, so for dogs that are over 20 pounds, I will use um, xylazine, which in small animal medicine we may not be as familiar with. Um, it's cheaper than Dex um, and works really well. Um, I do xylazine with ketamine and butorphanol and acepromazine. 
Um, and it's like one plus one plus one plus one equals 17. Like it works fast. Like I don't want to have to redose animals. I want them to be in heavy, under heavy sedation. I don't want them to know if for some reason, like my catheter doesn't go in or my drug goes paravascularly. Like I don't want that animal to be aware. And it kind of gives people this more like gradual transition to the end where I think historically, like I remember working in a clinic where, you know, you hold the animal, they give it like right off the needle and then they drop. And like, that's very traumatic. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so I think if we can kind of help like slow down time and kind of help them with that, like makes a big difference. So, and then, so for cats, like I will use a mixture of, I reconstitute telazole with uh, butorphanol ace promazine and I use um, TT decks for dogs that are less than 20 pounds mostly just because like the decks is more um, expensive but that's kind of my goal is like within five to ten minutes to be sleepy and comfortable and ready to take the next step perfect I, I like your um, paw in between sedation and uh, the euthanasia I I have not done that and that totally makes sense yeah. I like it as a way to check sedation I think that that's a really cool idea and I do really, I, I clearly see how you can take this and make it into part of the experience yeah. with the pet owner. I, 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 I think I'm going to take, I'm taking that back to my practice. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, so I think what we always used to do is like after they were gone, like do it and like after the owner was gone and then like when they come get the ashes, it was yeah. they had a classmate who um, worked with Lap of Love for a while. And she said the first time she went to an appointment, the guy asked if they could, she's like, he's like, you're not gonna do that after, are you? And she's like, I never really thought about that. But it's like, it's the difference between being doing the first thing that you do after they die and being the last thing that you do when they're alive. And like, that is so meaningful for people and you can give it to them and they can take it home. And <laughs> oh, mind blown. Like, yeah. oh, you, this was, this is my pearl for the day Aww. right here. Like, oh, I, I'm going to sit with this for a while. This is, this is, I love that. The difference <laughs> in the last, the last thing that we do together versus the last thing after, or the next thing after they pass. Give them high that, fives forever. <laughs> yes. That's, that's really cool. All right. Um, and then I'm assuming you don't have a preference on euthanasia solution. Um, other than maybe not the clear stuff. That's, man, that freaked me out in Canada. And I was like, why do we do this? And he's like, you can do a whole a horse with a bottle. Otherwise you need a larger volume. And it's like, can't we make it purple or green or something? So yeah, I, I want it to be wildly colored. I want it to look really abnormal. I currently use um, Euthasol, which I dilute with sterile water just because it's so thick. And I use 23 and 25 gauge butterflies. Um, but I have a lot of experience with Fatal Plus as well. And I think it's kind of a personal preference. Yeah. I want to pull out one thing that you said earlier, too, that I that I like. Um, it's something that I've just started doing in the last the last year or so is is mentioning that eyes stay open. Yes. I think, you know, I think... I've just seen so many pet owners. I'm sure everybody in practice has to have seen pet owners try to close the pet's eyes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so I like to just say they just, they totally relax and, and their eyes stay open. That's part of the relaxation process. Uh, you know, and I just mention it like that, but then it's not weird for the pet owners. Yeah. I think a lot of times they think the pet will close their eyes like they would when they're sleeping and and that would be it. And I, gosh, I wish that that was true because that would that would look so peaceful and be so peaceful. Um, so I just like to give them a heads up, like just even just a one off little mention. But hey, this is a thing that that you can expect. 
And I think if you normalize it, say like it's very, and I do it when I give the sedation, it's very normal if their eyes stay open even after they've passed, that's the most relaxed position for those muscles to be in. What do you say uh, when it's, when it's over? Like how, uh, how do you let them know that, that the process is complete? So usually what I do is when I start to give the medicine, I say um, they will pass within five to 10 minutes. We know that their brain will go to sleep and then their breathing will stop and then their heart will stop. And then what I usually do is I'll tell them I'll give them the medicine and then I'll kind of grab my things and then I'll take a long listen for their heart. And I do always listen for a long time. And then I tell them I'll let you know out loud once they've passed. Um, and then after they have, like usually what I say is you know, they have passed. Um, uh, I usually will say, I'm so sorry. And the other thing that I do always say too is I think I think it was very peaceful for them because I think the other thing to remember is like, we are the orchestrator. We are the narrator of this experience. Like we have a lot of control in kind of how things go and how people will remember it based on the language that we use. Yeah. Yeah. And it's making observations about like, they look so comfortable or they look so sweet snuggling with you or resting in the sun or like really just commenting and observing. Cause like you're creating the memory that those people are going to have for ever of that experience yeah. no I, I think that that's great and, and the other thing i really like is is your point about um intra-organ uh roots of of euthanasia you know and, and that's something that i i definitely like to see more veterinarians doing especially in our our itty bitty cats our <laughs> little old lady kittens or uh, kitties and um you know i just think as a profession i i, I think that we should be getting comfortable with intrarenal injections for cats, intrahepatic injections for dogs, things like that. And, um, you know, the way that we do it is obviously very important. Um, I love the, you know, the old working under the blanket type, uh, type approach for the intrahepatic stuff. Yeah. You don't say I'm going to poke them in the liver. You say, I'm going to give the injection here. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. And just, and I I love that you said, you set expectations. It'll take five to 10 minutes. Yeah. Intra-organ euthanasia is going to take a little bit longer than, than the vein and pet owners don't know, they don't know and they don't really care as long as they know what to expect and as long as it's peaceful. So I I think that that's a great, (laughs) awesome. Do you have any uh, final pearls for us before we wrap up? Uh, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, um, don't feel like this is all your responsibility, like, to make the decision, like, as a veterinarian, like, our job is to be the guide for the people and help them, help them choose that path of least regrets at the end of the day. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Gang, that's our episode. If you liked it, I hope you'll take a moment and write us an honest review on iTunes. That really does just mean a ton to us. It's how people find us, and we're trying to get the word out about the podcast. Share it with you. If you thought it was great, hit uh, forward and share it with your friends. Share it with your whole staff, your whole team, and just be like, hey, guys, here's a really great review of euthanasia stuff. I thought it was really good and really quick and really short and really useful. Guys, that that stuff means the world to me. I, I really do appreciate if you help us get the word out about the podcast. I do love doing it, um, and I just want people to know about it. Have a fantastic Happy New Year, and I'll see you guys next week.